I'm Robin. And I'm Wayne. We're investors at VMG Partners, and we help build iconic consumer brands. Every day, some of the world's most fascinating founders share their stories with us before they've made it. Their highs and lows. Mistakes and triumphs. But always extraordinary results. And now we're sharing these stories with you. This is Unfinished Biz. You found a company based on the vision. That means you have a clear vision. You close your eye, you freaking see that. On this episode of Unfinished Biz, Noom co-founder and CEO Seiju Zhang shares an incredible personal journey towards health and wellness that's always been intertwined with his career. Growing up in a family of doctors, Seiju always assumed he'd be a doctor too. But when his life took a different turn, he combined what he'd learned from technology and behavioral science to create a digital health company, and Noom was born. We had an aha moment, and we did more uh, research about overall healthcare market. We realized there's a malnutrition matters in America, nutrition matters, and obesity matters, and that was the moment we were, oh my God. Find out how Seiju's father laid the foundation for living a life helping others, why Noom is much more than a weight loss app, and where Seiju sees his business growing down the road. Unfinished Biz starts now. You know what, Wayne? What I think is really exciting about Noom is that it actually takes a psychology-based approach to better health and weight loss. And so the idea really is that it actually matches users with fitness and diet experts, and then actually also creates social connections with people who are looking for similar lifestyle changes. It's a little different, honestly, because it's not just talking about the how, but it also really addresses the why. And I think the other thing to actually really note is Noom's got a really expansive goal. So it's not just about weight. It really is also a tool to actually manage stress, anxiety, diabetes, hypertension. There's a really, really big mission to this. I think Noom is really interesting relative to his background, because as you'll hear, Seiju comes from a big medicine family, literally doctors all around him. And yet the traditional path just wasn't in the cards for him. We caught up with Seiju over Zoom at his home in Manhattan to hear all about it. I was always want to become an entrepreneur since I was a very young age that I remember I didn't watch the cartoon, but I did watch the documentary about entrepreneurs. And I was, uh, was, I was raised in the South Korea, Southern part area, uh, as a countryside. So I felt I was raised in a very small town and I felt like, how is like a United States and Europe, you know, overseas? And why the other like this enterprise and companies are making so much impact to the world and how they did it. And I was curious about that. I was very much inspired by uh, the great entrepreneurs and companies. And my father was also a great entrepreneur. My father was founder, CEO of the hospital. He was a doctor and uh, he was like his energy was unstoppable. The energy was a positive and also like he shared a vision and he motivated people and he actually built what he dreamed about. So that was the true lesson I received when I was young. And he found a company after he uh, finished his study at medical school in, in our hometown. And he expanded another business, another hospital chain. Were you involved in the business? Yeah, I was involved as a good, good son. I was only like, no, not at all because I was young, <laughs> but I was, I was watching him. Probably I was not a troublemaker, so I think that's the way I contributed to my father's business as I didn't bring his wrong attention, but I was able to observe how he built the business from nothing, you know? So this day we talk about like zero to one. I think he's a great zero to one and one to hundred person, my father. And that's how he started. I was heavily influenced by my father. 
And my father and I, my relationship was extremely good. We were very close to each other. We were like a friend, right? And every night we had a tea um, after dinner. My father and I always had a tea every night. That was like that. So I thought my, I thought when I was a teenager, I was like, wow, my life is so like, thankfully, like super lucky, all that, right? But you realize what, as a teenager, that's great. I, I feel like a lot of times teenagers don't necessarily recognize that they have it pretty good and that you, you have this quality time with your, with your parents. I think my father and my mother did a fantastic job that they truly gave me a, a big love. So that's the way I was able to like approach them and also had a pretty good relationship. And that's why I had after dinner, we always like get around at uh, master bedroom. We all watch TV together, news and my mother provide some dessert and uh, fruit like that and tea. And I always chat with my father every single night. I clearly remember. I'm kind of curious. So when I, I, I love, I love how close you are. Was there sort of a specific topic that you guys would typically cover? Was it more business oriented family or was it just Very family good. gossip? <laughs> good question, Robbie. So in South Korea, they, there is like um, at 9 PM, there is a nationwide news, daily news from, uh, and, and, and that was the thing that my father watched the news and we had my, my father had a very nice chair and right right next chair there's a like apprentice chair kind of and I was sitting <laughs> it there and then I was kind of watching it together and that provided a good topic. For instance, if the politicians are fighting against some like I don't know bill, then I ask why why they are so fighting so hardly, uh, Daddy. And my father, said, let's listen first. And he oh and he volume down mute and he commented, and he asked about my opinion. That's right? really interesting. Yeah, that's the way I learned a lot of the life. My father and I, we were, so we, so we had a topic always, right? Because there is a daily topic from the news, but the news is giving us the opportunity to discuss about matter of the life. And my father was always like, he didn't treat me like, he didn't talk down to me. He treated me like an, another human being. And he asked my opinion. This is this is giving Wayne a lot of good ideas, but I feel bad for Wayne's kids now. I, I, I <laughs> he's going to start, he's <laughs> going to start quizzing them. Chair. Owen, here's your apprentice chair. We're gonna we're gonna watch. It. I'm trying to imagine these chairs, like you know, like Seiju's father and like a big like lazy boy, and maybe Seiju's <laughs> sitting on like a, a little stool next to it or something. I love it. I'm, I'm trying to picture this right now. That's no, awesome. no, no. If I may actually share more about it, it's it's my personal story. Really, that is the the reason why we had the apprentice chair because my father was an OBGYN doctor, and my father always. Like he had a lot of like muscle pain because he at least like four or six delivery every day because of that. He was kind of, he had a little like pain in his leg and his shoulder because the posture that he, that he operated, yeah. you know, um, the, the practice is quite a lot of like particular like angle and it caused a lot of stress on his shoulder and the leg. So I actually gave him a little like the massage every night. Oh wow! That's you're just that's way I got connected. You're making Wayne more and more jealous. Even, by even the way, even better. <laughs> uh, well, no, I well, think uh, I I love my father, and my father was amazing. So we were yeah. both very like very close to each other. It's not just like typical like father and son. Like I I think we were really connected as like a friends, and it was amazing. So that that was the thing my teenager, and then I don't think I was a troublemaker over my teenage life, but I I felt like I was very lucky, and and then I hit the uh, uh, the wall. The first wall, I hit the wall that I failed to go to a medical college. And that was a big, big, like the wall because I never thought about the plan B. I always thought about that I will become a doctor so I can operate the business together with my father, all that, right? 
And I didn't mention about it, but my family background is we have a lot of doctors. My uncles are all doctors, by the way. And like we have so many doctors in the family, in this family business. So it became kind of like the thing in our family, you know. And all my cousins became a doctor. So I was expecting to become a doctor, but I don't want to sugarcoat about it. I just I was not good enough in terms of passing the, uh, the medical college. So I failed it. So I found what I like, which is I like the math and physics. I think I, I yeah, that, that part I liked it. So I went to electrical engineering uh, school. I was looking for what should I do next. And uh, my father got a lung, Tommy lung cancer. And then I eventually lost him at age 21. I was 21, my father, 51. And that was it. So I lost my son, like the, the son, right? The son, right? The son of the world. I lost right. my, yes. my father so quickly. So a lot of my father's friend told me at the funeral, your father was so energetic and did so much thing and also gave so much love to you and your mom. We all knew that. So we made a joke that Dr. Jung gave everything possible. Maybe he knew that his time is very short in this world. So that was really like difficult for me, to be honest. So that completely like alert the way I view the world and it still impacted my life quite heavily, to be honest. It's very understandable. Kind of, and again, you know, I know it's yeah. a while later, but very sorry about that. It sounds like you, a great man who was a major impact on your life. And, you know, sorry that, that, that it was a little premature. Yeah. Wayne, thank you for saying that. I appreciate that. Thank you for empathy. The thing is, it's incredible. So I lost him in 2002. So it's been a while, but still uh, his departure really like, it's very heavy in my heart. It's not easy. So I will get to the point what what drive me to I can keep going. What I learned from my father was like a legacy. Think about it, how much impact he has made to me and to our community. Although he lived very short lives, he made such an important legacy. And that legacy actually is impacting to like me, son, and also uh, the, the community in our town right now. Although he's yep. not there. And I think that's incredible. I think that's incredible. The, the thing that every human can try and get it, the legacy. Absolutely. So that, that became kind of like my, the, the very heavy like weight of my life, the, the barometer, the way I live and the way I make the decision. How yeah. did that inspire you to be an entrepreneur? Yeah. So after I lost my father, all of a sudden, like, well, I was shocked. First of all, my father never smoked, but uh, life is, you know, like irony. He got a lung cancer and we had like the doctor told us that we have a six month, but we were lucky we had a 13 month total. So we had a special session, like a uh, father and son apprentice, the chair version of at the hospital. So every night I had like special version of like 30 minute max because my father was a lung cancer patient. So he couldn't speak that much, but he reserved the energy every day. And he had a moment at night after I finished my work and come back. And my father and I had a special moment of like my father did, did the best to, uh, you know, share the way he viewed the world, everything. And it really it was extremely difficult because I was like half of the time I cried. And my father was like, I understand son, but don't cry. And he, he shared. So I became like, I was kind of forced to be matured. Was there a particular lesson that you still remember from those sessions? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So as I like, I mentioned that I love to become an entrepreneur, right? And then as soon as I went to school and I knew I'm not going to become a doctor, I, I, I got lost, complete lost. But I knew what I like. So I love heavy metal music, by the way. 
I love heavy metal music. You have no idea how much I love it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like super deep in heavy metal music, right? I'm like what's your, super. What, yeah. What's your, what, what was your favorite? Uh, all time is Metallica for sure. Metallica yeah. is, is so good. Metallica, like Dream Theater, all that. I also listen a lot of latest version of the music, heavy metal. I followed all the listen, like recent bands in America and Europe, all that. But I love heavy metal, man. I love heavy metal. You have no idea. I, I wake up, I listen to heavy metal. Before I go to bed, I wind down, I listen to heavy metal and go to bed. That level, that, I'm like, is that I'm part like of the crazy. is that part of the the, the noom the the, the noom <laughs> the, the noom program? Like, no, like, not at all, not at all, not <laughs> at all, not at all. Noom program is. Not like heavy metal wrestling. It's just my personal choice. I, I don't want to lie about it. I just love heavy no. metal music for yeah, no well, reason. Hey, that's, but, that's uh, what unfinished business is all about. There you go. <laughs> so, but Noom is very kind. And I'm very kind, man. I'm trying. That's my light motto. I want to be a genuinely kind man. That's why I teach my son. Be a genuinely kind person. That's our life, the family mission. That's what I teach them. Anyway, I like what I, I, I do know what I like. It's a heavy metal music. And I was I got completely lost at college. I didn't study well at the electronic uh, courses, but I found a heavy metal record label in South Korea, and it was quite successful. It's when I launched the business. It was fun. The thing is though, Robin, you asked about what lesson did I learn? So I was kind of growing fast. My business was good, okay. And my father, who was dying man, was asking, Seju, I heard about your business is growing well. So why do you, what is the purpose of your business? All the questions. This dying man with my father and also established a very successful big business. This man is asking because out of curiosity and with also care, the care of love. And you know what? He had a deep questions. I said, oh, dad, I want to like prove myself. I want to become an entrepreneur, all that. And he said, that's a good answer. Then why do you want to prove yourself? And why do you want to become like a rich? And I answered that rich means like, an, I think it's nice to have money. That's good. Then why do you want to have money? For what? And all the questions. He was very curious about how I get to the answer. At some point, I, I couldn't answer. And I told my father, like, I'm so sorry, sir. I, I'm not trying to hide it. I, don't, I just don't have a good answer. And I feel very bad. He made me completely naked. But it was not like he was scolding me. He was curious yeah. about it. Yeah. And he commented at the end. He said, I also found a company and built a success. But always think about company mission and what you do for the community. In that moment, do you think he was trying to explain the difference between legacy and money? I think now I can speak, I, now I can interpret better, I guess, because I'm getting close to his age. Good question, but I haven't thought about that way. I don't think he was trying to like guide me to get the answer of legacy or whatever, right? I think he was kind of like by listening his son's answer, he was reflecting his life too. That was my father's style always. Whenever I had, whenever I had some problem and my mom was yelling at me, my, my, my father always came down to me and said, why why your mom is so mad let's let's figure it out together and what's your guess why do you think your mom is so mad about let's figure this out together he always asked first he never just he never just gave me like you did wrong he he never right. ever did it he always asked so i think he was questioning to help me to figure the the the, the core the value of life i guess as he was wrapping up to finish his world in this time does it make sense to you yep makes I sense think he was well, trying to help me out yep well, well let's dive let's dive further into noom yeah so what happened was after i lost my father it was, there was a like, complete like black hole moment for me right you know at hospital 
like doctors and nurses, they kind of expect this, right? And they have seen this before. Cancer patients. Within five minutes after my father couldn't breathe anymore, and then the, the next procedure was so seamlessly like followed. Doctor came and registered time of his departure. Nurses came and cleaned. And the funeral, like ambulance came right away in an yeah, hour. It was, very, all it, was very, it was very procedural for them. Exactly. And I felt like, wow, the speed of execution in this wall is kind of like a black hole. And I, I, I have a spotty memory, but one day I wake up and I, it was the day that I really finished my, our, our funeral. And I had a moment of like, how should I live my life? And why am I here? All the questions, the comment my father and I had over life especially last uh, 30 months. And I became very angry, actually. Very angry about why me, why my father. The good thing about South Korea, uh, all Korean men go uh, serving for army, right? It's, uh, <laughs> there's no way you can escape. Yeah. So I was in the army, I, I went to army right away. And then I had the three years of like the time that I don't have to use my brain, kind of. But that really helped me to think better. And I really like, clean up the prior to my life. And then I had two years of spiritual, like astray and searching for that. And one day I just woke up. The woke up was like, you know what? Let me stop figuring that out because I'm not gonna follow the path of the being, becoming a monk. Because my energy was like high and I wanna get things done yeah. and I'm diligent. And if my father can see me in the last two years, I think he will be sad. And this is why you're still in the in the army. Yeah, the great time, man. Great time. And my and then you know, sometimes like an, you 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 get the advice and that advice does not you don't you don't understand that, but when you when you become like wiser or somehow it takes some time to figure that out what that means. So yeah, that's the whole background. I'm sorry for a long my personal background context, but this will actually answer a lot of company why I found the company. So I came to the United States. I dropped out of college, first of all, because I knew I would not work hard at school. That, that does not resonate with my passion. But my passion was, I'm going to build a platform that can make the biggest impact because that's a legacy. And I was looking for two sectors, education and healthcare. And also third, I wanted to come to the United States because I wanted to meet the talent. Because being in Korea, I cannot meet worldwide talents because especially where I was grew up, you know? So I came to United States, New York, which is international friendly. And then I followed the book recommendation, the good to great, right? I was thinking about how we can build 100 years old plus more year, like long lasting company. When I found the company, um, I was not looking for how I can make a quick success. But I want to build a very strong company that can last more than 100 years success. And then I was looking for where is the, where is the biggest problem in education, healthcare. And healthcare became an answer. That's how we found the company. So when we found the company in 2007, my co-founder and I, my co I found my co-founder through random red network. It's like how that's how it works. But I liked him at the first sight because he is extremely smart, humble, and high integrity. So we both got excited to do something right. He was a, a tech lead at Google Map by then at Google and healthcare with a strong theory. Healthcare is such a big market and we care about our own health and 18 to 90% of the, the GDP go to healthcare. Yet 
the overall service, we have question mark. And also yep. overall like health conditions, why Americans are so sick while the American number one most powerful richest country. So we had a naive theory, but still we believe in the same way. If we really pay attention and use experience and deliver great healthy outcome, then we can build a huge business because simply it's powerful. Again, if we deliver great outcome for end users by paying attention and users, what's the problem of them, right? And apply the scientific approach and scale by technology and deliver a great outcome, period. Then that is a huge business. And that's the way we can make the most impact. And that is the way I believe we can live. I personally can live a great legacy out of my life. And what differences did you find from what you believe the business would look like in form at that time with your co-founder versus what it ended up becoming? Oh my God, that's such a good question, Wayne. I wish I knew how hard to build a real business by then, but we were passionate, we were bold, we were naive. So when we found the company, we kind of like, business will follow, let's pay attention how end user behave, on their overall healthcare and also lifestyle. So we, we kick up with a building a product first. We didn't think about business model, to be honest. That is why it took seven years to figure the business model for us. Now, Noom is very strong and should continue to build a strong business, but it took many years because we had a lot of pivoting of the product market fit in the first seven years. So what was that product in the first seven years? So we thought like, oh, we need to help a lot of lives and um, the best way we can help lives is kind of like, yeah, let them help, help them to do more exercise, fitness, going, go to gym, right? That's what we thought as most of people think about, I want to get like a fit, then let's go to gym, right? So we built a product in like gym fitness gears. Matter of fact, our first, very first prototype was very similar Peloton like bike. So we convert the stationary bike at the gym. Uh, with interactive screen and also some sensors. So we convert the station bike to interactive screen, like the old bike, and that was our prototype. And uh, we raised zero dollars over two years. <laughs> that was our first product. Yeah. So it was, it was almost like an activity tracker. No, we, we, we built. Oh, it's built so, onto, did you have a actual bike or did it build onto yeah, the stationary so, bike? Good question, Wayne. So we convert stationary bike at the gym to smarter versions smart, oh, smart okay. bike there you go you were just ahead of your time you yeah know, the, the, the... we were ahead of our time so much that's number one yeah, yeah. <laughs> timing matters yeah absolutely, absolutely <laughs> matter yeah and then we became so poor and then uh so we were like let's get away from hardware devices because it's so expensive and we need to so i told our team like artem and my all the engineers, I told, we got to figure how we can brag about our ability in software engineering skill. So in other words, we need to build uh, portfolios that investors will trust in us because I could not raise any capital. So we came down to let's build an application because so I, it does not cost that much. Yes, Robin. Real quick question. So you mentioned before that, you know, in the beginning, you're built, you went product first. How did you finance that? Like, where, where were you guys bootstrapping? Like, how did you think about, you know, any, any of that? We were like, 
when I found company, angel investment world was kind of booming, right? Was like in the giving a birth, the comment of the angel investment. I didn't even know the concept. So I did a, a ton of hustling. I contacted all the rich people that I know. And also Artem used all his saving from Google. Um, I also contact, I was like at Google office like so many times. Still today, a lot of people think I was a Googler because I was at Google yeah. office. Because <laughs> Google provided a free meal and free <laughs> beverage. Of course, I always steal the beverage on the way out and a sandwich. Sorry, Google. Um, and I was <laughs> staying at the Google cafeteria to recruit people. And a lot of people still <laughs> remember better. taking yeah. their food and, and recruiting. And, and yeah, I did it. And a lot of people actually still think I was actually invited every year of a Google, like the, the, the year annual, event, the, like the, the holiday party at the holiday party recruiting. Yeah, too? wait, I was invited. Oh, this is amazing. I love it. <laughs> I love it. So, yeah, I was sharing about the story. Like, hey, we can we can make a big chain in healthcare, please. Join us, and I did it, and then I I I, I get like you know like ten thousand dollar check from here, thirty thousand dollar check from the other guy, nice guy, all that, and then that was the way. And I did a lot of hustling. I did a lot of hustling, man. I did a lot of hustling. I sold wow. like stuff on the street. I sold the Verizon wireless plan, all that for pay the bills. That's what I did. Bootstrapping, complete bootstrapping. Oh, love so you. So you were you were so you had a side hustle. Oh uh, yeah. While you while you were while you were making Peloton version one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then and then I, I stayed at the Artem's apartment. So Artem, like, we, we were like, <laughs> we were like on everything. We were roommates. We were like office, like partner and a co-founder, all that. Is your, co is your co-founder still involved in the business? Artem? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And absolutely. So, and, and so tell us more about how, it, and so as you started the, as how did you decide who was going to do what and what what lessons did did those early days teach you in terms of how to work with a partner oh that's a good question by the way the thing is though artem and i we are completely different like dna person like our personality and styles are so different i'm like <laughs> okay now you know me a little bit more right you can imagine artem is a complete opposite of me okay very smart and analytical, logical, computer science, measure 10 times before the action, process approach, all that. You know, that's art and pedagogy. And I don't have the <laughs> skill set, period. So it was very obvious who does what. <laughs> so, so There's tell no us. overlap. <laughs> so, but complement so. each other, yin and yang, yang and yin, and I love that. I know what you're looking for, by the way. So we've put a lot of effort to, together. Yes. Well, I, I think we're going to go to the same place, which is a lot of times there are co-founders that have different personalities and backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And inevitably, because of those differences, a lot of times it leads to challenges and friction. And so right. you guys have worked together and partnered together for a long time. And how did you work through those? The challenge is often like, you start with a good intention, right? Right? Like, I want, so think about the Noom is our child, if I may. And we want to provide the best of best for a Noom, right? But the intention is good, but the way we either communicate it or ideas are not well delivered, then it can hurt. It can actually irritate the other partner. So we had a, enough like a typical founder's crisis in the early days. So the good thing is we get mature together as company grew. 
So what we do and has been really working for us that we, we figure this way over like a lot of iteration. We start our week with uh, the founders meeting. The first thing in the, the week is start with a founders meeting and undivided and we share the weekly plan and the, the matter of the company priority. And we also finish the week at the founders meeting and how did it go and report back the status update. We also, this is the professional work, by the way, Monday through Friday, right? We yep. also, we never ever book, but we were able to capture this kind of ritual. We always, often, always meet over the weekend, mm-hmm. either Saturday or Sunday. Yep. And one day my wife asked, so I've been married over 11 years, but I, I kind of like, you know, professionally married to my Artem, my co-founder now, 14 years, right? <laughs> and my wife told me that one day, you like it's pointless to plan about weekend schedule. I ask why? Because I know you will ask like, we're going to have some dinner with Artem. And I knew <laughs> it. It's not on your schedule in your calendar, but I know you will ask that. So I don't book any plan for weekend. And then we end up staying at like either my apartment, his apartment. We have some meal together and a beer or wine like that. That's all every Even, freaking weekend. Wow. Well, that, that's a highlight. It's imagine. It's it's amazing. You've you've. It's great that you've stayed married for eleven years with Artem as exactly. part of the marriage too. That's that's impressive. Exactly. Stuff, you. Exactly. And I also I take a lot of pride on this. I I create the channels clearing session. If I have something in my chest that something hurt me or I feel like hmm that's a little smelly and I have a session, Artem. Brother, I'm going to have a freaking clearing session right freaking now. And I will tell you, and I don't always, I'm so sorry. Hear me out. You will say double sorry. And I say it. And that's amazing. And you are done. <laughs> and, and are those scheduled? Do you put, you know, is there a weekly clearing session or is this like, hey, I got to have a clearing session? Bi-weekly. And- we, we always have it. Bi-weekly. We always have it. Bi-weekly that's- clearing session. Love it. Yeah. That's- and the thing is like, you don't have to, you don't have to have a, Meta. If you don't have it, good. You know why? You have a many matters you need to speak with him anyway. Right. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, but there's a time placeholder. There's yeah. a placeholder. You don't cancel that. You I'm don't so cancel curious. that. Did you yeah. did you did you come up with that yourself? Like this idea of sort of that that you know, a time to air out things that are on your I, chest. I actually learned I learned from my friend who struggled with a wife. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he learned from a couple therapists and said, Sage, this is magically is incredible. And I'm, oh, wow, let me apply to my office husband, Artem. <laughs> that's, that's so Robin hey, Robin, we, we should have a clearing session, you know, every every, every other week. Exactly. He, he's getting ideas it's of all good. the things that, that, that I do. Gentlemen, that it's Robin, good. I give you a good Robin thing. nuts. Yo, yeah. Wayne and Robin, I, I only give you a good thing. That's new. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah. I'm telling you, it's good. It's good. And the thing is, like, you know what? Like, 99% in communication matters because the intentions are freaking good. Intentions are freaking good. You don't want to do any bad for your child, no? Right? So, right. intentions are very good. Well, I, I think it's really interesting how you said that intentions are good. It's sort of how you communicate and of like, course. unintended consequences of how you communicate. 100%, which, man. Yeah. Makes a lot yep. of sense. Yep. 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 And also, like, look. We have a lot of like thing we have to do better, right? And I'm sure you feel the similar way as you are entrepreneur. So when we see, what did they tell you, right? We start with a week with the meta that we need to pay attention company. And when I see like top priorities, in other words, the top shit, it's like, (laughs) 
I have no bandwidth. I can apply my freaking stupid ego to fulfill that because I want to freaking take care of that. And a week is, as you do know, gentlemen, a very short. I don't know why, but as I get aged and I become a father, I'm a husband, I'm a son of my elderly mother, all that, my life is so jam-packed, <laughs> all right? I don't even know how people watch Netflix. I don't have that one-minute Netflix moment, okay? So <laughs> when I meet Artem in the morning and we put down, by the way, you start on Sunday. On Sunday, we have a rule. We submit your things in your head, okay? The priority, the problem, and what excite you, and what keep you awake at night. And we put that down, exchange that. Oh my God, reading that document is only overwhelming. Welcome to startup. Yeah. Okay. Hey, can I ask you what? It, yeah. Over time, obviously, you've had to bring on other professional team members. Yep. What's been the journey there as you fold in other people into your work marriage? Right. And how do you? How do you bring them into the fold where they feel empowered and um, <laughs> and part of the part of the work marriage and part of the family too? Sure. Um, and what's changed over time? So yeah, such a good question. And I'm not gonna speak like yeah, we're perfect on that. The thing is like we need to learn how to delegate our work and also share the power, right? And provide the real authority. And to be frank, it was a real challenge for me and for my co-founder. And also because we're so tight as a co-founder plus this like a complete like crazy like bonding experience, the other new Igujak may have a hard time. But the good thing is our noon principle is like a, we are transparent but kind is no more noon principle and that's the way new work, our culture. So we often encourage how we can do better and um, we are trying to disrupt ourselves the way we manage it and expanding our leadership. So last two years, especially last two years, because Doom has been entered the hyper growth stage in the last four years. But last two years, oh my God, we are like, woo, roller coaster like 10 times, right? <laughs> so we invite a lot of great, strong executive. For sure, better than me, better than Atom, okay? They join the company. And so we are learning each other. They, they learn from us because it's very quirky, like co-founders and style-wise and com the company culture is very strong. We also want to learn how did you run the business before joining your company Noom? And we are evolving together. So it's a constant challenge. And one of the questions you had that what keep me awake at night, this is one of the top matter that I worry. Why am I saying that? A lot of my mentor told me that, Seiju, you figured zero to one. Congratulations. Yeah. Now you receive one to 100 questions. Imagine why some, there are some like Apple, Amazon, like like trillion dollar business. It's a next level business. From startup perspective, they're like, oh my God, this guy's a glass slam, right? And wonder what make them so grateful. The thing is, I'm a believer that business ideas are not so like secretive, right? Business ideas, how to, people come out of business. Yes, Amazon has this business. They build a platform, blah, blah, and ecosystem. That's why they are like become a tech giant, all that. I agree that, but I don't think that was only their idea. I think that was they had the art of execution at next level. Yep. That make their company so stronger than most of the startup by the time. And my question to myself and Noom, can we upgrade ourselves starting from Seiju and Artem, co-founders, and also Eagle Executive and our people? Can we upgrade ourselves to next level? That way we can handle bigger business because we deserve to have another next growth, big question mark, because that is hard. Mm -hmm. Executing so next so level when, is hard. So when that 
when that keeps you up at night, what do you come to the conclusion of? As you lay there and you think about it, what's your conclusion? What where do I you always feel have a rule, biggest... my friend. Yep. When I have a rule. Also, it took many years in the beginning of my vision. If I, I have my own rule, I have a freedom that I can think about worrisome concerns and what keep me awake at night, all the anxiety at night. I have a full freedom. But once the sun is up in the daytime in the morning, I have no freedom. So I encourage our people to not haunted by your concern. Follow by what priority you set this week and let's work on it. And uh, put that your concern at night and think about it. But during the daytime, we got to work hard. Because there are matters that even if you think hard, you don't know. But while you are building the product and also get to like, deliver the result, then you may be able to understand that. Because you simply, most often, you are not qualified or you're not eligible yep. to understand what's going on in your life right now because you are simply immature on that level. But by welcoming the entire challenge and engage that, you will be able to understand, oh, now I understand why that growing pain I received it, now I can handle it well out of my own experience. So that's the way I have a hope. That's my hope. So with that hope, yep. I, go to, I go to sleep like a baby. Right after the break, we'll be back with our featured guest, co-founder and CEO of Noom, Seiju Zhang. Unfinished Biz is a VMG Partners production. Find us wherever you get your podcast and catch up on past episodes at unfinishedbiz.com. Follow us on our Unfinished Biz LinkedIn page for news and updates. And big thanks to everyone who's left us an iTunes review. But now, let's get back to our episode with Noom co-founder and CEO, Seiju Zhang. I guess one question, I know you've talked about a roller coaster, right? Um, but yep. has there been sort of a bet the company moment where you put everything on the line? And if it just didn't work, you might not be here today? Absolutely, Robin. So the betting moment was like, I can remember first, we have several moments, but I, out of my gut, the first betting moment was we were number one fitness app in Android market in 2011, 2012, okay? We were cardio trainer, inventor, maker. We were number one, number one fitness health category number one in the world, okay? The thing is, we learned, we developed a product because we thought fitness uh, tracking of application would help our users get healthier. True, but a lot of users use the service for parameter features and walking features. And they did not use our primary feature, which is like a GPS tracking features. And then we asked, why are you not running or biking it? And 90% of you just said, I just want to use parameter, which is bonus features for losing weight. And then we were like, we had an aha moment. And then we did a more uh, research about overall healthcare market. And we, re we realized there's a malnutrition matters in America, nutrition matters and obesity matters. And that was the moment we were, oh my God. We need to really like look into nutrition and obesity and then weight loss matters. That's the way we were like, should we continue to develop service as a sports tracking application maker versus should we use our talent to build holistic service? And that was the first big bet. And our investor was so mad at us that we dropped that product. We were number one in the market. We told our investors, we are going to sunset that product. We will just develop product for diets and weight management. It was like, 
What are you talking about? That was the first time. <laughs> <laughs> was that was that ex- what, what, that sounds like a that sounds like an interesting turning point for the uh, for the company. Well, I I am very proud of that choice. To be honest, you know absolutely. why? Because clearly, it all it all it, it there you um, go. There, it, 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 your results I, speak for themselves. Hi, we're doing a virtual people virtual high we're, five. We're doing a virtual high five over Zoom right now. I will make a sound uh, for you. Yeah, says you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, you know, it, it kind of leads to our next topic, which is, you know, what what's been your your highest of the high moments for you as an entrepreneur at Noom? The highest highest moment is not like that much like glamorous, but I had a several moments myself while I was browsing customer support email randomly, and also we have some Slack channel that our coaches are sharing their moment. And I was just one day just randomly accessed and read it through and I found myself I was I was tearing up by reading their message of how they received a noon service and what that made a change in their life. It's so personal. So it's not I don't know, I just I don't want to just mention like, oh Noom was so great, so I did it. Hey dad, hey Wall, look at what I did. It's not like that. I was more yeah. touched by the story of a numerous. This human that I have not met, and probably I will not be able to meet in in real world, but I, I understand what difficulties and uh, uh, the, the the like relate to their weight and psychological like impact on that, and all the medical conditions and what how Noom helped them to form a healthy habit, and now they're off the med, and they feels like they're now their body shape is their real, and they have had a wrong body shape for. 30 years and they feel like that 30 years I, she or he did not want to even take a photo of oneself but now they can do something like that there's a lot of really private stories it's a very touching my heart and I found myself wow what did I create this platform absolutely I mean you know I think it's amazing you 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 have this amazing platform and business that you know that's impacted millions and millions of lives I mean I think it's you know I think it's it's you know, it makes me want to tear up just hearing about it because I think, you know, you think about even like what's going on in today's today's world and society, you know, the, the impact that that numerous have probably had from your platform may have saved people's lives. So I think it's a real exactly. credit to you and your company. I want to say thank you back to you. Yeah, the teamwork, great job, really. And I'm telling you, people want to share their story, right? And we didn't ask. They just submit the story to our company. And often... Very often, the letters start with like this. You may not read this message, but I want to share my story of Noom. And they go their story. Absolutely. They also do selfie video and submit their video to our coach for no reason. But they want to share their story. What hardship they have to go through and where they are now. And they share the story. And it's so powerful. So powerful. One day I remember... I, I met one of the largest, like top five company in the world, which you, you know, and the Igujak wanted to meet us and they asked me, Seiju, can you give me some like presentation of your company? So I was going to present our company with a typical company intro that, but you know what? That day I somehow didn't want to. You know why? Uh, prior to that day, I just discovered one lady submit the video, our numerous. And that story was like, tear me up. Two minute video, a two or three minute video. And I just, can I just play this? That way you understand who we are. And I played the video and she was like, 
She shared the story of her last birthday, a 60th birthday, how she celebrated it. She gave herself a noom, and she was able to form a healthy habit, and she lost weight where she aimed 30 years ago. Why 30 years ago? Because she had five children. After wow. she delivered first child, second, third, yeah. four, five, and raised all the children, and now all the children went to the, the fifth one went to college, now she's alone again. Of course, the husband together, but now she's back. And she found herself, her last 30 years, her body shape and her lifestyle is not her. So she wanted to give her a real gift, which is she wanted to engage a healthy lifestyle. And she found a noom, and she's now back. And she said, like, happy birthday to myself. And that was like so powerful message. I freaking cried. You know what happened? The gentleman at the my meeting, the gentleman, the boss at the meeting, he cried. He said, so powerful message. Thank you very much for sharing this. No need to interest more. This is it. This is good. Well, I mean, again, I think it illustrates the impact that your your platforms made on so many human lives, including people from the outside who just, you know, just almost uh, observers of it. You know, but yeah, you know, being an entrepreneur is not all rainbows and unicorns. Is there a you know, or is there a particular low point in the journey that really stands out? Yeah, I have a lot of low point. Maybe today too. I will tell you what, Wayne. The low point. I hope it's not like- coming on this show. No, your no, show is joking. amazing. I'm just joking. No, 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 no Wayne. I'm just, I'm just joking. I know, Wayne. You, the, 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 the reason I'm saying the low point is that often it comes to like, like you, right? Entrepreneurs who found the company, right? We found the company because we had a clear vision. Nobody asked you need to start a company. And that's not a founder, right? Founder start out of no one recommending you to start business. By that, <laughs> you should not start the company because it's a suicide project, almost, okay? The thing is, you found a company based on the vision. That means... You have a clear vision. You close your eye, you freaking see that. Am I right? That's a freaking vision, right? All right? That's a vision. The thing is... Yes, Seiju. He's looking for like an eight. Yes, Seiju. Yes. No, it's not looking for that. I mean, English I learned... Dude, English is my second language. So when I learn about vision in English and Korean, vision means like this, seeing something. But the thing is, we use the word vision, visionary vision. Why is vision? Because... You can freaking see what is that, the future. That's your vision, Yeah. right? Mm-hmm. The thing is, but where I am today, I'm in a shitty position in terms of the product market fit, and all I need is like, I need more, but I don't have it. So, of course, I have a lot of low moments. Do I think today's new version is good enough that I can feel like, wow, mom and daddy, this is a great product. We are, no, we have a lot more we need to do better. And I wish why today is 20, why we every day 24 hours. I wish we have more hours so we can build it better. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of things we can do better. And look, healthcare in general, last year when I look at our American Obesity Association, AOA, they announced why we deal with the freaking stupid COVID-19, okay? They announced the American obesity increased from 71% to 72% last year. How does that sound to you? Isn't that shocking news? I thought that was a shocking news. But you know what's more shocking to me, Wayne? It was not a cover of a news at all. You know why? Because we've been exposed like that for a while. You know what I'm saying? When yeah. the student receives, like, a, you get, like, a math D or F grade, and um, the next math you get a D minus, what's the change? It's the same, same shit. So I think that's the current healthcare. Yeah. So that's my low point. We are late. We got to do better. And we have to do better, much better. 
So Rob, I think it's pretty obvious the huge impact that Seiju's father had on his life. For sure. I mean, if we only could even picture the, you know, Seiju's father in this like beautiful lazy boy chair and then <laughs> uh, Seiju in this, I'm trying to picture like maybe like this wooden, wooden apprentice chair and the the knowledge that Seiju's father shared with him. But obviously I, I just love to be a fly on the wall and listen to these conversations that they had uh, and the memories that they built together through those conversations. And obviously, you know, that relationship was a big part of who Seiju is today. Absolutely. And I think really Seiju in our conversation, what you really gather from him is he really has a lot of depth of relationship, right? And I think the other relationship he spent a lot of time talking about obviously is the one with his co-founder, um, Artem. And, you know, uh, they have a relationship as business partners, but they're also absolute besties uh, on the weekends in their spare time, you know, but it's not always, you know, perfect. I think he was really candid about they've struggled. They've actually had tough times and they've had tough conversations and they figured out ways to actually get past it and to be able to speak candidly to each other. So much good happens from, you know, transparency and frankness versus, you know, having things fester. And Absolutely. I think those relationships, you know, really transcend to the business model of what Noom itself and that it's it's a real social approach to health. You're not only getting learning habits for your life, but you're getting a network of people who are in the same boat to cheer you on. And I think, you know, what's really, really refreshing about all this is Seiju's general perspective that it's not necessarily just about healthcare. It's really more about preventative health, right? Making sure that you don't actually get there in the first place. And so I think he sees this as a really, really big mission um, and one that, you know, we're already sort of behind the eight ball on, truthfully. And obviously, you know, Noom keeps Seiju incredibly busy, but he's also got a family and he's got to understand that there is that balance between work and, and family. And it's something that I think he was really open about. He still struggles with, um, but he's actively working on and we were got to hear all about it. I forcefully make myself to spend some time with my kids. It's not easy because I did not build that muscle, meaning... Mm -hmm. I always ask for a sacrifice from my family because what I'm doing is very like, I follow the strong mission. So my family, of course, support my wife, my mom, my sons. But um, I remember my father's comment before he passed away that uh, make sure to find the right balance. So I'm forcefully put myself that I spend some quiet time with my family and I'm very proud of that. I, I made some change. Second, um, I also delegate a lot of my work and I will do more, I promise that I, I review my calendar every six or uh, three months, every three months. And if there's a regular meetings and it becomes like the majority of my meeting, I cancel that meeting by hiring someone else. That's what I do. Okay. By doing so, I have my own time. It's my own time. Of course, automatic, I would think about Noom anyway, but I don't have to be in the mode of working, meaning I can do meditation, I can exercise, I can walk around the New York City, I can enjoy my coffee outside, and then I receive a very positive, good energy that often gave me a good inspiration how I can do better as a CEO and also become a better husband and a father, I believe. So I put invest my time to become a better person. That way I can serve better for others. That's what I do. So we're going to learn a lot more about <laughs> Seiju right here. 
You ready? <laughs> it's a 60 second game. Let's see how let's see how quick you can get through these. Ready, Seju? Yeah, I'll kick off. Sweet potato or regular French fries? Sweet potato. Aisle or window seat? Aisle. Running or walking? Walking. Work from home or office? Office. <laughs> Beach or mountains? Beach. Love winning or hate losing? Love winning. Pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. Netflix or Hulu? Don't watch neither. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I know. Passenger or driver? Passenger. Night or morning? Morning. Morning, morning, morning. <laughs> hot coffee or iced coffee? Hot coffee. Mega hot coffee. I don't drink iced coffee. Fiction or nonfiction? Nonfiction. Business essay. <laughs> <laughs> Concert or sports game? Concert. Haven't met a concert. I figured that. Night at the aquarium or the Met? Night at the aquarium, for sure. Instagram or Twitter? Instagram. Watch sports or play sports? Play sports. Board games or video games? Video games. What movie could you watch a hundred times and not get tired of? Innocellar. Oh. Oh, I like it. What game, like a card game or a board game, would you bring with you to a deserted island? I will not bring the board game. There. What's the last great book you read? I've been reading um, Working Backward, Amazon book. It was amazing. I, I knew I knew on the Netflix Hulu question we were going to get the neither. <laughs> he, he previewed that. He previewed that with us earlier in the podcast. Very so, true. So we have one one last question for you, Seiju, and I, 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 I'm, I'm really excited about this. I feel like you're going to give some really sage advice here. What advice would you have for aspiring entrepreneurs? Okay. What I learned last 14 years of Noom, a lot of great ideas I thought and my team bring a great idea with 100% pure passion often deliver a bad result. So in other words, a lot of good ideas are not a good ideas. So be ready for a total failure and continual failure. And my humble recommendation advice is because of this continuously difficult like failure of the failure marathon, you can only do your startup and can stick with the startup if you are passionate on that mission. And be very brutally honest why it has to be you to work on that mission and that startup. If you don't know the answer, maybe one person compromising answer, you will not be able to survive it. That's why mission matters. Mission matters. So those are those are wise words, Seju. Thanks for joining us on Unfinished Biz. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's my honor that I, I was able to uh, review my you know early days and uh, also a good reminder for myself to why I'm doing Noom. And uh, thank for giving me the opportunity I can speak on behalf of Noom. Numilies and numers. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Unfinished Biz. I'm Wayne and he's Robin. We'll be back next time with a new and exciting episode. Stay tuned. These are the opinions of Robin and Wayne and our guest entrepreneur and are not necessarily the opinions and thoughts of VMG partners. And now a word from our lawyers. This is not an offer to buy or sell any investments. Entrepreneurs interviewed on this podcast may not be associated with VMG businesses and discussions of their companies should not be viewed as an endorsement by VMG.